The reading for the day comes from Acts 1, 6 through 11. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has sent by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. Good morning, Zhao. My name is Jonah, my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm one of your pastors here in the Zhao Church community. I am so excited to be here with you this morning because I'm not going to lie, I've never actually really spent a whole lot of time just like contemplating the ascension of Jesus. So in case you didn't totally catch it from the reading of scripture, um, we are at the very beginning of the book of Acts, chapter 1, and basically the first thing that Jesus does to set the trajectory of the early church in Acts is be like, hey guys, it's been rad, deuces. Which is wild. I mean, like, you know, it, it makes sense. We got the Gospels that covers the whole, like, life and teachings of Jesus bit. We got the resurrection. We have a very vague mention of Jesus kind of hanging around for a while after the resurrection and doing super important, but for some reason, totally unrecorded ministry. And then they come together and they're like, Jesus, is it time? Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus is like, uh, you know what? It's not really for you to know. Um, when, when stuff is going to happen or like how God's decided to do stuff. But uh, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. It's cool. Uh, Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will get that power. And then you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and actually all Judea and Samaria. And uh, you know what? Just to the ends of the earth. You're just going to be my witnesses till the ends of the earth. And as soon as he said this, as they were watching, he just like ascends up into the clouds. <laughs> And then, like, some people come by and are like, hey, guys, uh, what you looking at? <laughs> and the answer is nothing, because Jesus has ascended. And I think when we talk about it as, like, the ascension of Jesus, we think of this very, like, oh, you know, like, Jesus just kind of, like, going. But, like, Jesus is piecing out, you guys. Jesus is handing over the ministry, and it doesn't mean that Jesus is gone. Jesus is with us and in our hearts and in our spirit. Jesus is very much reminding the disciples that the Holy Spirit is with them, that God is still with them and poured into them in actually a new and different way. But in this kind of like teaching principle, I don't know how, I know a lot of you have a background in education. There are some teaching principles about like, I, I do, let me model for you, and then we'll do it together, and now you do it. Jesus has gotten to the now you do it portion of the teaching journey. And so he's handing it off. And I got to imagine that these disciples must have been freaking out. 
I mean, Jesus had been telling them for a long time, like, there will come, like, the Son of Man is with you now, and, like, let's party and hang out because I will not always be with you. But, like, there were a lot of messages that seemed like they didn't really sink in. And here you have these disciples, these followers, who have been following and learning like they did. They observed they observed Jesus' teaching, and then they started to participate with Jesus. They were sent out to perform miracles and teach and recruit and do all this amazing stuff. But it was always with Jesus, you know, on earth. And now, after just a couple of years of practice with Jesus, and frankly, lots of reminders that they really didn't get it, like, a lot of the time, Jesus is like, all right, good enough. I believe in you. You're it now. This seems very terrifying. But Jesus seems supremely confident in them, which is, again, surprising given how many times he had to admonish his followers, being like, literally sometimes, get behind me, Satan. I don't know how you would feel if your teacher told you that you were acting like the literal devil and then months or years later was like, okay, now you're in charge. But it sounds a little daunting. But God doesn't leave us alone in this. We are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And and Jesus isn't saying you're on your own now so much as we're in a new phase. And you are the ones leading the charge. And also, I trust you. I trust you. I am entrusting this to you. Peter, the one who was told, get behind me, Satan, who was also told, you're going to betray me, and then very promptly did, who made lots and lots of mistakes, was also called the rock of the church. And so similarly, we are invited onto a journey of saying, hey, we don't feel ready yet, and look, here we are in the deep end. The Holy Spirit is here to buoy us, to support us, but God believes in us, and God's calling us into that belief as well, not only to trust in their plan, but also to trust in our ability, the equipment that we have been given from God, the call and invitation to be and build the church. Our God doesn't call us into passive belief. We know this from the teachings of Jesus intimately. He had a lot of very active instructions, everything from leave your father and mother to, you know, pick up your mat and walk. All of these things were very visceral, active choices that people made. He didn't say, change your intellectual paradigm and go about your day. He said, change your life and do everything differently. And so we know that the God of the living has called us as Zao, as we claim as a community, to be among the living. Um, If you haven't heard yet, that's what the word Zao actually means. It means to be alive, to be fully alive, not dead, to be among the living. And that's what we claim as a community and a body that we are striving towards, to be fully alive in our belief, in our practice, and to co-create life and the kingdom with God, not just to witness or observe it happening around us. And it feels really difficult sometimes to do that, to to actively engage in changing the world around us and building church and community when we're in a pandemic. And not only are we in a pandemic where we all necessarily for safety need to be relatively isolated, we're also in a deeply consumer culture that 
is watching a lot of TV lately. And so it's really difficult when church becomes something we watch. It's almost like a TV show we're tuning into once a week with admittedly lower production values than most of Netflix, but hey, give us some credit, we're new. <laughs> but I think that that can be really disorienting when church fundamentally is actually something that we do and really that we are. We are the church. That's part of what happened when Jesus went up and handed over those reins saying like, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, to bear witness to the gospel and to build the kingdom that Jesus calls and called into being. But as us being the builders, as some people would say, the hands and feet of Jesus building into existence the thing that Jesus is constantly creating through divine power. And it can be really difficult to think of how to engage actively in our belief. But I want to tell you, it's really essential. Now watching and observing Taking some of this stuff in in a more passive way has value. It can support belief. It can open up lines of questioning for us. But to truly build and develop our faith, like if you have a desire to have a stronger faith, if you have uh, a draw towards deepening your faith, actually as human beings, we're built to do that through action and relationships. Now, we tend to think that belief changes actions, that if we believe something new, we will act differently. That's what is the basis of most internet fights. Like, if I can just convince this person of this fact, they will put on a mask or, you know, stop being racist. But honestly, I have observed um, that we really actually act our ways into new beliefs, into new ways of thinking. This is what we mean when we talk sometimes here about solidarity being built in the struggle. That if you can identify enough to start fighting for justice, for a cause, even if you come in with a bunch of really crappy beliefs, even if you haven't fully examined um, your, your deeply seated racism, for instance, being in the struggle, being in the, the sea of, of justice work, being in the midst of God's people, doing the work to change the world, will bring you into contact with different points of systems of oppression and different people who are affected by it differently. And the requirement that you work together to oppose those systems of evil will change your spirit. We believe this. We believe we are a relational people. We believe that just like God is relational, that triune Father, Son, Holy Spirit in the most kind of traditional description of it, that God's self is in relationship and that we are made in that same image. And so it is acting on relationship, taking movement together that actually transforms our belief. But, but we tend to get our order of operations wrong. We are creatures of movement, of experience, of experiments, and of relationships. And it is actually by practicing our faith through action that we begin to believe and believe more deeply. Which is to say, it's by doing church that we are a church. So we are spending this time, this series, or this season of Lent, in a series that we're calling Act Out. 
And it's an examination uh, of the book of Acts and an understanding of how the earliest believers post-ascension built the church. Now, they had no real blueprint. They had been following Jesus around, sure, but now they had to build something that would last without Jesus showing up. They had to build something that was able to connect to the teachings and life of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, through practices of prayer and communion and community. It can be really daunting to build a church. I know this very acutely because uh, a few years ago, <laughs> I was sent to Milwaukee um, with the task of building a church and just the names and phone numbers of two people who lived in a neighborhood I thought was cool. And building a church from nothing um, can feel like, where do we even start and what even is church? And I think that that feeling that I had a few years ago when I was sent here to build Zao is something that like, at some level all of us may be able to tap into right now as we ask, what is church in a pandemic? But I think it's something that even beyond that, Zao community members can uniquely feel. What does it mean to be a church built largely by folks who have felt like church outcasts? What does it mean to be a radical church among an American Christianity that cultivates churches that really uphold the status quo and empire? What does it mean to do church when we claim to do church differently? We are operating without a blueprint, just like those in Acts. Now, they may not have been a blueprint for us because we are not building the same kind of church that they were 2,000 years ago, but there are pieces of wisdom that we have to learn there. And so we are going to take these 40 days to reflect together on what we have been invited into by God, called into by God, to do and be and build the church. Now, if you're thinking like, hey, this is really lovely. I've just started coming to these services on Sunday mornings, or I'm checking them out, you know, midweek, um, and what a wonderful thing I'm observing. <laughs> I'd like to challenge you to consider how you are being called to be a part of Zao, that God has invited you into this space for a reason and a purpose, and that your being here is, a, is already participatory. We say every week during giving that your, that your presence here is a gift that you give to this community, and we mean that. The church is changed and shaped by your presence. So I would argue that everyone tuning in here is responding to an invitation by God, as evidenced by the curiosity or draw in their own hearts, to be a part of something, to be a part of the church, in our little corner of the universe called Zao. So how exactly do we do that? Being the church, showing up, is fundamental. But showing up is not just about attending. Showing up is about bringing the fullness of ourselves and our gifts. It's about recognizing ourselves and our relationship to others as the substance and the heart of what church is. Church isn't something we go to, Church is something we are and that we do. I remember back in those early years when I, was, when I had shown up with some contacts and a task to build a church, the, the United Methodist 
denomination, which we're a part of, um, was, had very generously actually invited me into some free trainings um, that a couple days a, w a month, I would kind of go up into central Wisconsin and participate in some trainings. And while the trainings were lovely, I actually ultimately found them very frustrating. And I was like, I can't leave Milwaukee. And they were like, well, why not? And what I, said, what I said to them at the time was, if I leave Milwaukee, Zao MKE Church ceases to exist. And, and I think it was hard for them to think about. Um, but for me at the time, I was like, I'm all this is. <laughs> this is my vision and my dream. <laughs> And there have been collaborators and, and things like that, but like the, in terms of a church body, we didn't exist yet. And so the idea that I could just leave meant that like Zao ceased to function anymore. I mean, like we still had a Facebook page, but that was about it. And luckily, we have grown a lot since. I can leave the city of Milwaukee, not during a pandemic, I guess, but I can leave the city of Milwaukee and Zao continues to exist. In fact, Zao no longer exists solely in Milwaukee, but as many of you are, are witness to, to the ends of the earth, or at least the ends of the coasts. I think we have someone tuning in from Canada now. That was really exciting. But uh, we exist now in these many and various ways when we are doing church together. Our church doesn't exist without us. And when I say our, I mean everyone who's hearing me. And when I say us, I mean everyone who's hearing me. But just because we attend Zao or we liked the Facebook page or say that we're affiliated doesn't mean that we're always being the church. John Wesley, um, one of the theologians who informs our tradition, talked about the idea of means of grace. That is, things that are tools or avenues for us to connect to the transforming love of God. And one of the things that Wesley talks about is studying the scriptures. That the scriptures are a means of grace, an avenue towards knowing God. But I like to nuance that to say that whenever scriptures are used in a way that disconnects us from God, they cease to be a means of grace. And at some level cease to be scripture at all. I would argue that church is really similar. When we are acting like a church, the church exists as a beautiful piece of the kingdom, uh, as a place where God is calling into being those things, those dreams, those visions we were given in the teachings of Jesus. And also when we don't act as a church, it sort of disappears as we fade into the background of the world as it is. We are creating and recreating church every time we come together and act like a church. If you've been here for a long time, if you were around for any of those early years in Milwaukee, you probably know this well. We met in a living room, then we met in a theater every other Sunday, then we got into this historic building for five months before shutting down and going entirely online due to COVID. As a church plant, we are aware of that ephemeral sense of church. We did church like a pop-up event. But I think that much of our American Christianity can delude ourselves into thinking that church is continuous because we have buildings with mortgages. 
that any time a church building stands, the church exists. But we know in our DNA as Zao that church only exists when we come together and do it. The early church had similar problems because they had to meet in secret. It wasn't safe. And yet, even though their church didn't exist and they didn't have buildings and they had to build it and form it through their contact with one another, they were working off of that truth of Jesus's, that wherever two or more are gathered in Jesus' name, God is there. That is church. When people come into contact with one another through acts of faith and live fully or live more, that is the church. We can build church in many and various ways. And so I want to acknowledge and honor that we build church in the streets with secular movements. We build church in our friendships. But we are also called to explicitly build church centered on Jesus, proclaiming the good news as we know it from the scriptures and from our faith tradition. The Acts church folk knew this. And they did it. They did it at great risk. They built church together through this network of relationships, acting out their faith, and in return, growing that faith stronger and stronger. Because there is a reciprocal relationship between faith and action. The faith invites us into action. The action undergirds and strengthens our faith. And it goes on and on. They were a scrappy bunch. And so whenever we're feeling scrappy or inadequate or a little too new, we are in excellent company. They understood that the church was held in their hearts and in their relationships, and most importantly, in their lives. And we can take that wisdom and build beautiful things together. In a previous life before Zhao, I was a community organizer. And one of the pieces of wisdom that I learned from community organizing is the fun, pithy phrase, There are a lot of those among organizers. That action is to an organization as oxygen is to the body. I'm going to say that again. Action is to an organization as oxygen is to the body. We want to be a living, breathing church. We want to be an active community of life. And the oxygen that gives us life is movement and action and choices. It is engaging, not simply thinking or believing or contemplating, but doing. Now, we don't want to be thoughtless doing. We don't want to be unreflected action. But action is the pulse of our church. And so, for those of you who have been able to be part of our local community, who have been around long enough to remember, I want you to think about how church has been different if you've been able to participate in the depot. Or before COVID, Sunday school with children running through our hallways and learning about what it meant to be Jesus-rooted, justice-centered, and radically inclusive. Those nights that we held movies on the lawn, even masked and distant, there was an extra burst of energy to being Zhao, being in relationship, because we were building something together, even if it was just so that we could all know how much we loved Hamilton. 
but being together and making those choices, making things happen, that's what builds the church. So how do we do that when we can't actually be safely together? The closest we got was masked distant on the lawn, and I hate to say it, but I don't think that anyone's coming now that it's like eight degrees out. But we are still called to act, to do so in our own context and when we come together, to show up with the fullness of our gifts and our lives and to bring into being this thing, this nebulous, beautiful idea called church, which is the living embodiment of the kingdom here and now, building into existence the promise of love from Jesus' teachings. We are going to have to get creative, and we are going to have to be persistent. It may seem very simple and easy to consume church at this point, to tune in on Sunday mornings, and to sit back and let church be something that just sort of happens in the background. But I want to just walk you through a little bit of what happens every week to make all of this possible. I'll start with Sundays. Now you see Cameron and I on screen a lot, but Cameron and I are not like by ourselves producing a low-rent TV show. We are just taking a, a visible leadership role in holding this space where all of us come together. There are so many ways that your participation and your active choices make this happen. So you are a part of making church happen when you come to service when it's live. No shade to anybody who can't. I think it's amazing that we're able to um, see it after the fact. But if you're able to come when we're going live, you are creating a sense of energy and connectedness. Even, seriously, just seeing that little number up top, I don't know which side it's on, that shows you how many people are with you, that changes the energy of what's happening here right now. When people share the service with others, when you're able to just boost it on your feed, you are participating in church, you are amplifying church, you are growing the community and expanding its impact. If, I think this is actually, I just a side note, I think it's also amazing when people, after having watched a service, think critically about it, draw something out that they loved and appreciated, and then write something and share it specifically to groups or friends through Messenger, whatever, to say, this impacted me, and I think it could impact you too. That's us living into our relationship, taking the good news and saying, I know how this fits into my world. I know a group that could benefit from this. I know a friend who I could talk to about this. And I could build out that church by inviting others. You are being church when you're doing any of that. You are also being church when you are participating in the comment section. This is, hands down, my favorite um, side effect of going entirely online. The comment section is rad, y'all. Like, I... I will be so sad if we can't figure out how to keep this alive back in person because the idea that like I'm up here talking but the whole community is participating in a conversation simultaneously is so beautiful and that is the heart of church. It's not to let any one person take up so much space and authority that like we're the only one, like that's the only person we get to hear from. 
It's to invite and invigorate a discussion of, of what it means to be human, of what it means to be faithful, to hash out together what kind of actions we want to take, to figure out what we believe, to ask questions and offer reflections. So when you offer your wisdom and solidarity to each other in comments, when you reflect meaningfully on what's being said, when you wrestle with the teachings, when you take note of something that someone shared and then follow up with them later, you are living church into being. There are so many things, too, that happen kind of behind the scenes that are less visible. Again, you see me and Cameron a lot, but I just want to note all the folks that it takes to make happen a service like this. So you also see Sarah translating. You see MCs every week. You may not see or know about the fact that we have Carrie coordinating MCs. Someone has to assign people times and follow up with them and make sure that they have announcements. There are musicians and singers, and we sometimes can shout them out in comments, but I just want you to know all the people who collaborated on music this week. Cameron, Taylor Staples, Taylor Katz, Brian, Mary, Sierra, John, it's a lot. People who throughout the week are bringing their gifts to create a space of worship, bringing their worship to, to multiply worship and bring it across so many homes and spaces so that we can all connect to God together. But once that's, that music is made, it has to be edited together. They're not able to record together, so they're all recording on their own online. So that all has to be edited together into a song. And then once the audio is done, we have to make that into this music lyric video. We've had a couple of people contributing over the course of the pandemic. Um, Michelle was someone who has done a lot of our videos we still use. Um, but Peter is the one who does it most frequently. And then after all of that, we have all these bits and pieces. We have MCs and music and this. So a lot of that has to be edited together. And Peter does that every week, y'all, every week hours put into creating something cohesive for us all to experience together. Then there's the live production team because as you know we're coming live. So every week there's a team of people who have learned all sorts of new software like Ecamm and Restream who are figuring out how to send this live to Facebook and to YouTube. And that's a rotating team every week. Uh, this week, we're having Luciana do it from her home. Many weeks, though, we have people come all the way into the Zao Building production studio and work all that technology to bring it live to you. So we have a rotating team that does it. Luciana, Mara, Leah, Sam. This week, I have been particularly grateful for our IT support, Kevin, good Lord. This week was a nightmare with our internet and we were so nervous. That's actually why we're streaming live through Luciana's internet. Um, but Kevin um, has been in and out and, and working with us through tech issues all week. We would not have made it to service <laughs> without support from Kevin. Additionally, in case you didn't know, um, this is a, our production studio is in a very old building that has a very old boiler that has been poorly serviced for years. 
And now that we are in this space, our building team has been working their butts off so that we didn't freeze in particular this week, but for months, all the cold months, this year and last. And uh, so this year, Dave and John, Andy and Brian have been working hard to keep the building open and functioning for us. You're seeing me through a, a very fancy camera that we were only able to buy because of um, an anonymous donate, donation from somebody who really wanted to contribute to our ability to get tech um, up to date. And so someone gave us a financial gift that made all of this possible, including lights and camera and um, software. And then uh, all of you who have contributed financially make all of this possible every Sunday. Plus, as I mentioned before, the service is incomplete without the conversation that happens and the chat. So when you think about just Sunday morning service, which is not the whole of church, the amount of energy and people that pour into it is enormous. This is church. It is bringing your gifts to bear so that we may all benefit. We talk a lot about different kinds of economies. We talk a lot about anti-capitalism. We talk about building a different way of being. This is it, y'all. It's throwing down together whatever we have and coming out so much richer together for it. For those of you who haven't um, figured out how exactly you want to contribute, know that that is what has been built already on folks who have come before you to offer their faithful gifts. And I truly trust and believe that it will only get better and bigger and bolder the more of us trust enough to throw down and to say, I'm here. I've been called to be church. I'm showing up with what I've got. This is not a TV show. It's a community. Now, beyond Sunday, there is so much more that happens, and I can't cover it all. But I want to tell you about some of the things that happen from other teams. There are uh, leadership teams that have to deal with figuring out major financial decisions or handling HR responsibilities, writing grants so that we can start new projects. We have a finance team that has been <laughs> working so hard, and frankly, Andy Vandermolen, pretty much single-handedly getting our, us our tax-exempt status and building with us internal structures so that we can grow and mature as an organization. Uh, we have Luciana and some other folks doing extensive administrative work, something I'm extremely bad at because it takes gifts from the whole village <laughs> for us to survive. We have me failing to make us relevant on social media. Please help us <laughs> if you have gifts in that area. If you're, if you're noticing that some of these names are repeated a few times, it's because in this community, there are a handful of people who do a lot of work. And if you're feeling like you wanna be somebody who helps broaden that load, who contributes a little so we all may benefit a lot, we are ready for you. DM me or Cameron, or uh, go to the, to the website. There's a volunteer form at zowmke.org slash volunteer. There are other lower stakes ways that you can contribute to this community, though. During the week, participating in our, our Zao MKE squad page 
by posting questions and engaging, by praying for one another or asking for prayer, especially if you'll update us on how things went, checking in on one another. These are ways of being and doing church. Showing up for stuff we do is a way to show up and be the church. Our echo leaders for months were experimenting with different ways to gather on Wednesday nights. And when we had kind of culminated um, or reached the end of one particular iteration, Tara and Haley made a suggestion that we study the Defiant uh, book together. And now that's our new expression of echo. So come to those things. Um, come to the book club on Wednesday nights. Volunteer to help make that space amazing. Nothing is set in stone here at Zao. We're always experimenting, and your contribution changes things. So show up. Help shape it. Make it different. Fourth Friday Fun Fest. Carrie has been experimenting with different ways to get together through the pandemic. Movies and macrame, apparently. Come to that. Come participate and make suggestions. Consider how you can be a part of making those things flourish, not just as an attendee, but as a leader, as a co-creator, as we all are. And when things aren't working for you, consider how you can help or dream or vision new ministries into being. These are all ways of showing up, of following that model of the early church to be something extraordinary together through our actions. I want to reiterate that I think that God would never call you here if, he, if you didn't have something of unique value to contribute. God has given you gifts. There are things you can do to co-create Zao and the community of the church that no one else can do just like you. This is not to say that you owe anyone anything or that you need to contribute in order to be here. You could choose not to give those gifts and you'd still be absolutely welcome. But it is a recognition of your ability, your capacity to contribute. And the function of the church is that we all have something beautiful to offer. And when we do, we are so much more than the sum of our parts. We contribute collectively and we benefit and flourish together. Church exists in this contract, in this hope that if we offer what we have, we will all be blessed beyond measure. So what are you called to? Think this week about how you can show up for this project called church. What gift do you have that makes the church more whole? Why do we do this? Well, the early believers did it because the love of Jesus had changed their lives, had given them hope, had made them feel less alone in an isolating world. The devil tries to separate us, y'all, and COVID is doing a lot of the work for him. But this is an invitation into life together. This is a set of choices we can make to be more whole as a community, to be more than our individual parts, to be a part of a collective. That connects us to the divine in new and powerful ways. It deepens our faith. It builds in us a hope. And if we are longing for more hope, if we are longing for more God, if we are longing for a better world, the actions we take help to bring that into being, not only in the world, but in our spirit. 
in our imagination. We tear down the ways that have come before and we cast new vision of life together, the vision of the kingdom that Jesus gave us and calls us to be the hands and feet to build. This is the time to look at God and say, put me in, coach. I'm ready. Even if you don't feel ready, it's by acting that you will become so. So take some time this week and figure out how you are called to show up, to be the church. Will you pray with me? God of all creation, you know uniquely what it means to build something beautiful. You have made us beautiful in your image, and yet you are calling us to be builders with you. Put us in, God. Give us hope. Give us actions. And may our choices and actions to invest in your kingdom build that hope we have for a new and different world. God, you are good. May our choices reflect your goodness And may they reflect them back to us so that we may trust all the more. We thank you for gifting us. We pray that you would now gift us with courage to share what we have with one another, to build something extraordinary together in your name. Amen.